You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Good morning. It's good to be with you guys again here for our online worship experience. Uh, We're going to continue on in our Victory One Breakthrough at a Time series. We began the series last week and we discussed uh, one of Jesus' I Am statements where He said, I am the Good Shepherd. We talked about how sheep need a shepherd and we need a Savior. We need King Jesus. And this week we're going to continue on and we're going to look at another one of His I Am statements uh, found in John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's good, right? Darkness can be scary. How many of you were afraid of the dark when you were a kid? Be honest, go ahead and raise your hand really high. How many of you, even as adults, are still afraid of the dark? Be honest. Come on, raise your hand. All right, so... I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm afraid of the dark as an adult. However, if there's a light available, I really want to use it. How many of you have ever been coon hunting? I've been coon hunting two or three times. And if you've ever been, you realize that the woods are really, really, really dark because you hunt raccoons at night. And kind of what you do is you you spot the eyes of the raccoon. And TV has taught me that when it's pitch black dark and you see eyes looking at you, it's not a good thing. Like run, because it's about to get bad. So all throughout scripture, we see light compared to darkness. We see Jesus as light and Satan as darkness. And in this text, this I am statement from Jesus comes right after one of the most inspirational grace-filled moments recorded in Scripture. And what I want us to do this morning is I want us to unpack this story, and I want us to look at three things that work here. The law, the love, and the light. It sounds like a cool Netflix series about to come out, uh, but it's not. Maybe. I don't know if it is or not. But this morning, I really want us to, to grasp what these three things the, the law, the love, and the light, what, what they meant in this story and what they mean for us today. So let's see how this plays out. We'll be in John chapter 8. And what we're going to talk about first, if you're taking notes, number one is this. The law reveals our guilt. The law reveals our guilt. And let's see how it happens here in the text. We'll begin in John 8 verse 2. It says, early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. So let me stop just for a second and kind of paint this picture for you a little bit. So here's this woman who is committing adultery. She is having relations with a married man. And these Pharisees, these religious people, these these haughty, arrogant people, somehow 
knew exactly where she was, exactly what time it was going to be happening. Maybe even one of them were involved in this whole thing, but they caught her in the act of adultery. So they, they brought her out. So they bust in, they get her. Maybe she has enough time to, to get a sheet to cover up, maybe not. They drag her out in public. They bring her in the middle of where Jesus is teaching. And this is the picture this is an embarrassing, shameful moment for this woman. Verse 5 says, Now in the law, this is the Pharisees talking, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, to test Jesus, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Now, I don't want you to miss the point here. The law revealed this woman's guilt. She was guilty. She was guilty of adultery. It's the, it's the truth of the matter. And they bring her to Jesus trying to test Him because if Jesus says, yes, go ahead and stone her, then His reputation as, as loving goes right out of the window. But on the other hand, if Jesus says, no, 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 don't do it, then He's pretty much condoning the adultery. And what, what we have in, in our time Reality is this, that we don't like to admit our own guilt. It's really easy for us to see other people's sin and other people's guilt and other people's shame. It's really hard for us to admit our own. So what I want to do this morning is I just want to help you with that. So I'm going to list just a few of the Ten Commandments and I want you to answer honestly. So how many of you have ever lied? Raise your hand. It's okay. If your kids are in the room... You're just going to have to be honest and tell them that you're a liar. Uh, how many of you have ever stolen something? Raise your hand. I've stolen something before. I've stolen some, I'm a pen guy. I love pens. So if I'm writing with a nice pen somewhere in the past, you know, before Jesus, then maybe I would take that pen and bring it home so I could use it. I love pens. How many of you have ever lusted before? See, the, the Bible says that if we've lusted, then we've actually committed adultery. So if you've ever done any of these things, if you've ever lied, if you've ever stolen, if you've ever uh, lusted before, then what does that make us? It makes us liars and thieves and adulterers. See, we are guilty. The law reveals our guilt, and the law revealed this woman's guilt. She was guilty. It's the truth. And here's what we have to understand this morning. We have to get this. We have to grasp the reality that we are sinners. If we don't understand that we're sinners, we'll never understand the need of a Savior. See, our guilt leads us to the need of a Savior. Our sin leads us to the need of Jesus. And the good thing is, not... Not only does the law reveal our guilt, but then the love reveals God's grace is number two. In verse six, we see Jesus, once they asked him this question, Jesus, pretty much ignoring them, bent down and wrote his finger, wrote with his finger on the ground. What did Jesus write? The answer is we don't really know what Jesus wrote. A lot of, a lot of scholars believe that Jesus started to write the sins of the accusers on the ground. And there's, there's some evidence to this. There's two words used for to write down in the Greek. 
And one of them is graphian, and the other is catagraphian. And graphian means to write down. Cata added to graphian means to write down a record against. And catagraphian is the word used here. So it's pretty much Jesus saying, hey, you know what? I know that you asked me a question. I'm, I'm going to ignore you for a minute. And he bends down and he starts to write in the sand or the dirt with his finger. And many people believe that he was writing the sins of the men that brought this woman to him. Verse 7 says, And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, in the Greek here, Jesus isn't just saying, Hey, if you've ever sinned, then you can't throw a stone. He doesn't say, He's not just saying that. So the Greek here is, If you've ever wanted to sin, then you can't throw the stone. So it's not just an action. He's not just looking at the outside, He's looking at the inside of these men's hearts. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. So here we have this. Now, this, this passage says the older ones left first. The only thing I can think about is Jesus started when they were younger and He started recording some of their sin and they said, well, we don't want Him to get to any, any part of our life you know, past this, so we're going to go ahead and walk away. That's just a guess of mine. I'm not really sure if that's why they left, but the older ones did leave first. Here's a picture of grace. Now think about this. This woman, in the most embarrassing, shameful time of her life, gets brought before Jesus. Jesus drives out her accusers, and He says, Hey, where are your accusers? And she says, They're gone. No one is left. Jesus says, Hey, who is here to condemn you? And she says, No one. And then He speaks one of the most grace-filled sentences in Scripture. And He says, Neither do I condemn you. Man, what grace is this? In Revelation 12, we see that Satan is called the accuser. And I just want to tell you the truth this morning. Even though Jesus says, Hey, in me there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I'm pouring out my love on you. I'm pouring out my grace on you. Satan still wants to throw your past in your face. He wants to remind you of all the things you've done. He wants to tell you who you are. And Jesus says, hey, let me tell you who you are. So we have this fight between the light and the darkness inside of us. And I want to tell you this morning that you're not who you used to be, that you're not what you've done, that you're who Jesus says you are if you're in Christ. See, Satan reminds you of your past. I want to encourage you this morning to remind him of his future. But we can't miss this. So Jesus doesn't say, hey, I I know that you struggle with this adultery issue, so 
why don't you just go and try not to do this anymore? That wasn't Jesus' response to this woman. He doesn't say, hey, I know you've had some bad relationship issues in your life, in your past, and I know this is just going to be a struggle that you have the rest of your life. So just just go and, and do your best. Jesus doesn't say that. And I think his response to this woman is, is pivotal for us this morning. See, he doesn't say, hey, hey, man, I know that you struggle with pornography and that's just part of your DNA because you're, you're a man and you have red blood. So that's just a part of it. He's not saying that. He doesn't say, hey, go and try to do your best. He doesn't say, hey, I know you have a problem with overeating. So just try, try to do it just here and there. Don't do it so much. Hey, I know you have an issue with gossiping because you don't really have that much of a social life and the only thing you could talk about is other people so I understand you're going to do it he that's not his response to sin that's not his response to this woman so here we have the the love revealing God's grace but this this sentence that he says to her in chapter 8 verse 11 he says go and from now on sin no more See, there was a sense of urgency to this statement. He doesn't say, go, and maybe later in life you can get this figured out. He says, go and sin no more. And a lot of you are thinking, man, Jesus, I, I, I know you just said he was full of grace, but now you're saying that he's pretty, he's kind of preachy right now. He's kind of trying to tell me that I can't sin anymore, that I need to go do this. And I used to think that as well about this verse. But verse 12 Paints a different picture. So we have this story. This woman was brought to Jesus. She was called in sin. The law revealed her guilt. But Jesus, in His amazingness, in His love, and His, His care, His, His love revealed God's grace. And then number three is this. The light reveals our hope. And verse 12 says this, right after he says, go, and from now on, sin no more, he encourages. And I believe that this whole thing was encouragement for this woman. He says again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So hear me this morning. Jesus is saying, hey, go and sin no more, but here's how you do it. I am the light of the world. So what he's telling this woman, not only am I the light of the world, I'm the light of your world. You don't have to live like this anymore. If you're looking for a breakthrough, you don't have to continue on in sin. Go now and sin no more. You can do it because now you know the light of the world. Man, hear me this morning. Man, my heart, man, my heart for you is that you experience a breakthrough like never before in your life. But we can't do it living in the darkness. We can't do it living in the darkness. See, Jesus doesn't want to just be the light of the world. He wants to be the light of your world. He wants you to understand that even though you're guilty, even though you're full of sin, even though you fall short of God's perfection and His glory, and so do I, Jesus wants us to know that we don't have to stay in the darkness. He is the light of the world, and He wants to be the light of your world and my world this morning. He wants us to truly experience 
breakthrough and live in victory. We cannot do it staying in the dark. John 12, 46 says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Do you want to experience breakthrough this morning? Do you want to truly live in victory? Only you can answer that question. Now we're admitting this morning that the law reveals our guilt. And the Ten Commandment test gets every single person every time. And we've failed. We've, we've broken the law. We, we can't live in the holiness that God has called us to live in on our own. We fall short. But the love reveals God's grace. I mean, how amazing is His grace for us. That although we're guilty, He loves us enough to say, hey, where are your accusers? You're not who you used to be. You're not what you've done. You're who I say you am. You're chosen. You're royal. You're holy because I'm holy. This morning you have to understand that light always defeats darkness. No amount of darkness can put out the smallest light on the smallest candle. Light always defeats darkness. You can experience breakthrough this morning. Do you really want it? Jesus says, hey, I am the light of the world. In me you can find hope. The light reveals our hope. Victory is found in Jesus. And only in Him. Our theme verse for this series is 1 Corinthians 15, 57. It says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us the victory through the light of the world. Although we're in dark times, although we're in times that are just confusing and there's chaos all around us and we're really going through a crisis like we've never seen before in our lifetime, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Just follow me. Experience breakthrough in your life. Emotionally, physically, spiritually. And Jesus cares about us on a personal relational level. He wants to be the light of your world this morning. My prayer for you is that you take that step. My prayer for you is that you understand that you're a sinner. Because when we realize and admit that we're a sinner, we see our need for a Savior. That we understand the the grace of Jesus. Man, the love of Jesus reveals God's grace. But there's an urgency behind that. He says, hey, here's my grace, here's my love, but you have to do something. Come out of the dark. Allow the light to come in and live in your life. You no longer have to live in bondage. You no longer have to live in fear. You no longer have to live in anxiety. You no longer have to live in depression. You no longer have to live in addiction. You no longer have to live in uh, a chaotic marriage. You no longer have to live in a, in a city or a community or a world where you feel just shamed and embarrassed to show your face. He says, I am the light of the world. Let me be the light of your world. He wants to give you hope. 
this morning. He is our hope this morning. Now let's experience breakthrough together. Let's all begin to live in the victory that's Jesus. And I'm so excited to see what He's doing in our community. I'm even more excited to see what He's going to continue to do. Lives are being changed. The glory is His. And this morning, I'm urging you, I'm challenging you to allow the light to come in and defeat the darkness in your life so that you can truly experience breakthrough and live in the victory that God has already declared over your life. Let's pray. God, thank You for Your Word. Thank You that we have a light that gives us hope. God, thank You for showing us that we could never measure up to Your standards. But even though we're guilty and we're we're just dirty sinners, God, the, the love reveals Your grace. God, help us to hold on to that this morning. God, I pray for breakthrough. I pray that people truly begin to live in the light. Thank You that light always defeats darkness. God, that You've overcome the world. That You've overcome the grave. That You've defeated death. God, I'm I'm praying for people this morning that need You. That need to experience breakthrough. And to begin to live in victory. God, we love You. God, thank You for Your love and Your grace. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.